Welcome everybody to the scene. I did it right. Welcome everybody to the scene countdown. I'm Sammy Gonzalez, aka the Mexcellence. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's top five tear jerkers. I don't know why I wanted to do the intro this early, but fuck it, guys. We're here. It's. T- I'm mad at you guys. I don't want you guys on my show anymore. <laughs> Yo, go, go listen to the pre-show where they're just wrong. Uh, we talk about Batman. We talk about the Suicide Squad. So go give that a listen if you haven't already done so. But if we're live right now, you're joining us live and in action right here. And joining me to my left, your guys' is right, we have... Marco, a.k.a. Texelence, founding member. How's everybody doing today? Our, how many listeners we got in the chat? Three? We got nine, you fuck. Yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. in. Your show brought him in. He's not got <laughs> in. Formation of the Texelence. Everyone came. <laughs> so we're not introducing anybody else. It's just me, the rest of the show. Hi, everybody. Uh, so we're going to talk about my tear problem and how I just cry at everything. Mostly about how my friends just betray me. Any chance they get. They belittle me. They talk shit about me. Oh, look. Me. He lost the viewer. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's bring him back. Turning me to my diagonal. <laughs> I actually did it. Joining me to my diagonal, we have. Uh, oh, that's me. Math is hard. I'm JJ. <laughs> that's not math. That's English. But anyway, geometry's math. Geometry. Oh Geometry. my god. <laughs> of course it's hard. You fucking Texans didn't learn your fucking basic shit. You didn't even know it was math. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that to you, Sammy. It's <laughs> Friend of Sammy. Don't. You know? Don't make the Cholo come back. Don't make fucking oh, Fresh no. Local come back. I'll go find the sunglasses and he'll go fuck all you guys up, all right? He'll start he'll start calling you, you guys out by name and by fault, all right? I will attack each and every one. Or he will, I'm That's sorry. That's not what Cholos do. They just call you Gabe. That was <laughs> That's all I was going to do. <laughs> in, in various Spanish and Spanglish languages. But today, we are talking about our top five tearjerkers. Now, um... I don't know what Marco. Why did you have this topic in mind? I was I was running low on topics. I was running low on time. It's a very stressful week for me. Uh, a lot of things going on, so my mind wasn't always on the topic. But Marco was like, you know what? I feel like crying, and uh, <laughs> no, and so you he brought it up. Topic when you were in California, for the most part. I just gave it a better label. Oh, what did I what did I want to call it? Uh, you wanted to call it like top five like movie moments that made you cry or something like that. <laughs> top five big sads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right. Which, 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 problem, which is a problem for me because I stuck to movies and now we have comics over here and video games over there. And I mean, I it's usually your MO to, <laughs> to broaden the horizon and make sure that we have enough options for everybody. But you apparently wanted to limit to just movies, but I couldn't because not enough movies have genuinely made me cry. I mean, most of mine are movies, but as I mentioned in the group chat that we all have when we talk about the shows... Um, this was a hard one for me, or rather it was hard in the sense that it doesn't happen that often because I know when movies are manipulating me to cry, but then it's also <laughs> easy because I only had maybe about, I would say in my lifetime, maybe under 10 moments of where movies made me cry. And so I can, I could chip those down to five uh, and go from there. So um, I have, did any video games make mine? A couple of video games were on my mind, but I don't think any video games made them. I have four movies and a TV show. And then one video game is my honorable mention, but it is a hard honorable mention. It's just been a while since I've experienced it. Thank you for those of you out there on Instagram who commented. We'll bring those up next week going into the show. But uh, Marco, how'd you pick yours? So yours are all movies? 
Mine are all movies. Um, I also am very aware of being manipulated for the most part. Uh, Tommy put, added the strict rule of no dogs, by the yeah. way. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no Marley but, uh, me. No old yeller. I don't know what else. Or dogs getting for, slaughtered. For the, for... for the most part, I'm also very bad about getting um, too... Like, I actually looked up a couple of lists that were like top five tear-jerking moments. And I'm like... I don't give a fuck about Titanic. I don't give a fuck about yeah. that person dying. I don't give a fuck. So uh, my top five list is just movies that kind of like, it's the crescendo for the most part where your your chest is grabbed for the most part. And maybe you didn't cry, but at the least you felt what is going on on the screen for the most part, either through, well, it's usually through the combination of music, the actor's performance and everything that you've seen up to that point. Gotcha. Uh, I guess I didn't actually explain mine. Mine are actually places where I actually legit cried like tears left my eyes without my control or permission. Those that's, and they, and they do, these ones are also repeat offenders where if I go and watch any of these, I actually tested some of these out uh, ones that I wasn't sure about. And I started tearing up. So if I tear up during this episode, um, make fun of me, but mostly just understand. You don't have to tell us that. Oh, I'm just saying it it might happen. I'm going to be watching them shit except for my number five. My number five is dumb. But um, but it is funny. Uh, JJ, how'd you pick your list? Uh, my list is also mostly movies. Uh, I don't think I actually cried. Uh, maybe at number one. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I, I didn't actually cry. And that's not because, you know, like how Mark said, I, like it grabbed my chest and I did feel something. I'm not an inhuman monster with no emotions. <laughs> Although it may seem that way sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think I've ever actually like, like, you know, bald at something that I watched either on TV or in the movie theater. And you guys were calling me a heartless bastard for saying I didn't cry. (laughs) JJ's like, I've never shed a tear. Not once. I I will add a caveat. I do cry in movies a lot, but that's because it's easier for me to submerge myself, like to believe what's going on. Whereas when I hear real sad things, I'm like, ah, oh, you probably deserved it for some reason. <laughs> that's, that's oddly. I I, it's just because life is like media is easy to, to believe because it's a story. It begins, it ends, and those characters don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Life is so complicated where it's like, oh, you're crying about this dude that has cancer. That dude was a racist. Like, like it's just look at what he tweeted 10 years ago yeah (laughs) it's so shitty for the most part that it's like you can't really even enjoy and you see it all the time with politics like it like look at george floyd like very big tragedy people are still like no man that dude is a felon that did all this other shit in the past all this blah 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 and it's like bro like you're you're coloring reality in gray so to a point where i'm just like fuck it like it doesn't matter anymore so, so the absurdity of the world does not make Marco cry. Puppies, puppies <laughs> no, getting shot. I looking for what you did wrong. Like, what did you do? Maybe it comes from having a Hispanic mom where it's like, oh, man, they probably deserved it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Marco does not speak for all Hispanic moms. Just text Or ones, any apparently. Hispanic moms. <laughs> JJ did kind of agree quietly, though. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not enough, loud enough to get in trouble, well, but slightly. Look, uh, I work a customer service job, so everyone <laughs> comes up to me, and I'm like, "Dude, I don't give a shit." <laughs> was uh, was it familiarity breeds? Uh... Damn it, I lost the word. But you know, 
it's kind of like what you were saying. How can I miss you if you won't go away? Like for them, this is the first time that they've experienced this problem or issue. Mm-hmm. And this is like the millionth person that's come to me with the same problem. And I'm just like, you're all stupid. All right. <laughs> Tommy, did you have a little more kinder, gentler approach? Or am I the only one that actually legitimate cried and felt bad about the movies I watched? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cried on everything that I listed. And I have just one comic, one TV show, and the other three of movies. Okay. But like the list that I have, like these things have made me cry for different reasons. <laughs> it just like, but the ones that are you know farther down on the list are things mm-hmm. that like remind me of something or someone, right? You know, right. Like my dad or something, and that'll automatically trigger something, and boom, like I'm I'm done. That's why I have so, the, yeah, the, the, the list that I have as well. Yeah. Um, Tommy, is any of your list I'd be stroking <laughs> from last week? It was, but I'll change. <laughs> oh, we can add music. Oh, no, we can't. No music. music not allowed. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Marcos. <laughs> the music that makes you cry. Yeah, he Marco. had a song about the Holocaust that was like, you know, it was very upbeat for a song about the Holocaust. <laughs> and Marco thought that was a okay. Well, it's okay. about fucking during the Holocaust. What's better proof of life? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I didn't write God. the song. A Jewish guy did, so it's okay. We get it. You have a Jewish friend, but so he's not my friend. I'm hyperbole. <laughs> while I'm setting everything up for my number five, Marcos. God damn it! All because right. because my number five is the stupidest pick of all time. But I re one. I I had to go back into my childhood because I I want to say this is the first movie I cried to or about and i watched like the lion king lion king didn't make me cry um bambi none of those things none of the disney movies this is a weird one because i was eight years old i remember watching it on uh vhs we had rented it from like blockbuster or some shit and or uh, hollywood video actually that's where we used to go they were cheaper for like 50 cents less it was worth it and this movie i I was like what's this movie about it made me cry the movie is about a dwarf and that dwarf is a is a and not, I'm talking about like a little person, not like a fucking Lord of the Rings dwarf. And he's growing up in the 50s and 60s. And since he was born of immaculate conception, they believe. I know what movie you're talking. I know you're because I've brought it up on the show before. And the whole thread of the movie is that he was like God's chosen child, and he believes he has a purpose. He's going to serve this grand purpose. But in the meantime, he's just this dwarf kid hanging out with his other loser kid who has a single mom who doesn't know or rather doesn't reveal who the dad is. Um, the whole movie is sad, but the two scenes I'm going to bring up, one is about him killing his friend's mom, and two, him dying of hypothermia. The movie I'm talking about is called Simon Birch. Tommy, was that the movie you were thinking about? That was the exact movie. And have you seen this movie? I've seen it. Is it stupid as I remember it being an eight-year-old? It is really ridiculous, but it is sad. You are you are correct. It is sad. sad. It's it's purposely sad though, Sammy. It is one of those manufactured, almost exploitive movies. But kind of the the beats of of it are because i'm going to show you this part right here so he's on the baseball team he loves baseball he collects baseball cards and so they put him on the baseball team because he has a smallest strike zone so they put him out there to not swing he gets on base they they switch him out and i think this time they're like come on swing swing for the fences 
And so he swings for the fucking fences. And it's wonderful. The, the music is swelling. Oh my god, fuck this movie already. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Marco. Look it. He's got the haymaker. It clearly hits the ground, but the movie makes it. Movie magic. Look at the look That's at it go. No, look at he hit he hit it out of the park, Marcos. Is this one of those Christian movies? Like no, 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 because <laughs> spoiler alert: the kid's father is the pastor. So the pastor was fucking his mom, who and that's the older kid's mom, who as an adult that kid's mom, uh, who Simon Birch, the 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 little person, has a crush on, and mom's not paying attention, and mom gets hit with the baseball. Gets knocked out cold. Let's skip ahead a little bit. She, she's dead. Instantly killed his best friend's mom. Okay. That scene alone undoes <laughs> everything that I, I tried to help you out, Sammy, but right. you showed not only one of the most ridiculous scenes, probably going to be on this list, uh-huh. but in cinema history. No. That shit is. So that's stupid, it's right? Absurd. No. It's the most absurd scene in the world. No, but here's the part that fucking breaks your soul if you're eight years old. So he's feeling bad about it. So he goes out to the fucking docks to think about what he's done. It felt good. I need to kill again. <laughs> <laughs> the prequel to Leprechaun. <laughs> oh, you couldn't even hear it. Damn it, where is it? I got what I needed to out of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to hear his squeals of sadness. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. It's terrible, man. It's, it's terrible. It doesn't, it, it, it's gonna hit you in the hearts, man. It's just it's, gonna do it. Oh, automatically. No. So and it's just so- like, Right. But the movie's ridiculous. You guys are heartless because you you guys look for the motive behind it. He killed his mom. Like it's just like (laughs) fucking And so and so at the end of the movie he saves a bus full of children because he's an impeccable swimmer. Uh he saves all the children. Yeah, exactly, Marcos. So so bus crashes into a frozen lake. He's able to fit through the window because he's tiny. And then he opens the gate. And since he's a great swimmer, he can hold his breath forever. He goes in and saves all the children. And then he dies of hypothermia after saving all the children. And then Jim Carrey, who's the adult version of this kid, visits his grave and then eventually names his son Simon. That's my number five. Simon Birch, the stupidest, saddest movie of all time. When that's I'm eight exa- years old. When I'm eight years old. It's no now too. Cause it is. Like it's <laughs> it's a dumb but sad movie. <laughs> fucking so. key. Fucking key. I'm sorry. He <laughs> spelled it out for it. But Tommy, you're right. It is I'm with it is you. it is I'm bullshit you. when you're yeah. eight years old and you're like, movies aren't supposed to be sad. I like know, my is- girl. It was a my girl moment. Right. And so that's my number five. Mine, the other ones will be more sad uh objectively. But um <laughs> That one was a specific one. That was the first time I cried in a movie on purpose. Marco. I'm not going to give you shit about that one. Thank you. Thank you. Marcos, (laughs) you're number four. Or number five. I'm sorry. I can't count. Skipping ahead already. All right. No. um, (laughs) So my number five is going to be the only one actually on my list that is probably sad. The other ones are, well, four is also sad. But for the most part, my list is more of a, um, 
combination of everything that you just feel so much that it's like, oh man, this is hitting me in the chest in all the right ways because of all the confusion, which actually I didn't even know five even had until I saw it. <laughs> um, well, I rewatched it because I haven't seen this movie in two years. And then I rewatched this clip today and was like, oh, that's still, this is not, I thought it was sad for one reason. It's sad for like two or three more reasons. And I remember why I liked it so much. So it's from Logan. Ah, Logan. But it's, I already sent it. Um, But it's not Logan dying or anything involved with Logan. It's actually when Professor Professor X. X. Do I need to skip ahead a little bit? I would skip to 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, I hate this part. You're right. Yeah, Gabe, too. Oh, I hate it. You know, Logan, this was, without a doubt, the most perfect night I've had in a very long time. But I don't deserve it. Do I? I did something. Something unspeakable. I remembered what happened in Westchester. This is not the first time I've heard it. Until today, I didn't know. You wouldn't tell me. So we just kept on running away from it. I think I finally understand you. I forgot how fucking sad this movie Logan. is. <laughs> Big dumb action scene. Ah, Marco. That's a great. It's <laughs> a great choice. It almost made my list. Yeah. God, I need to watch this movie again. Uh, Man, that, that's the best X Men movie, hands the fuck down, and that—that's the end of X Men. Fuck all that dark. <laughs> movie, yeah. It's actually really funny like when you look back at the x-men series i actually like it a lot so obviously marvel is consistent the worst movie is okay right like, even thor 2 is okay right but um the x-men movies are capable of way higher highs for the most part but yeah. they're also capable of way worse <laughs> <laughs> you can't do a suicide squad with the worst x-men that would just be boring. <laughs> it would just but, be bullshit stupidness. But I mean, this one, Days of Future Past, like they all probably have moments that could have made the list. But this one was just like, I thought it was just sad because it's Professor X, like the way that he goes out. But I did, I kind of forgot until I rewatched it today. He's confused about his entire life when he dies. Yeah, he yeah. He's- senile basically. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he kind of halfway remembers that he murders all of his children. At the yeah. school by having a brain aneurysm or something like that. Like, that's fucked up. 
Oh, that whole I forgot that element of the fucking movie in Logan. It's, I so, it's just the darkest fuck, man. It's right. one of the darkest superhero movies you'll ever see, but I think that's what makes it so good. Right. And a whole generation of Mexican superheroes. I can support that. All of them speak Spanish. <laughs> one, of, one of them saying like fucking Rodolfo and shit. It's like, yeah, I want Rodolfo on my fucking X-Men team. What's her name? Like Benita? What is her name? The uh, little girl? X-22. Uh, yeah, she X-23. Has, X-23. Oh, X-23. I thought her name was like Laura. Oh, Laura. That's Laura. Yeah. 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 But not Laura. Laura. But that's a, <laughs> that's a great one, man. You're number, four, uh, number five. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. My numbers are all fucked up here. Um, Logan. Sorry, you're from California. You can't count. Simon Birch. Matt, it's hard, <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, man. Simon Birch has me a little misty-eyed over here. I can't quite see what's on my screen. Sorry about that, Marco. That I have feelings. JJ, what is your number five? My number five is probably, like, the weakest out of all of mine. Um, it's not really, like, a very sad movie. Like, I don't think anyone dies or anything like that. But it's a... Uh, it's a very boring 1993 movie called The Remains of the Day. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that of was, it. Was not expecting that one, JJ. <laughs> Holy shit, okay. So so I watched this movie uh, on Movieplex. It was back to, you know, before we started recording, I had mentioned that I miss like cable because I would just be forced to watch something. There's nothing good on, but I guess this looks halfway decent. Anthony Hopkins is in it. I'll watch it. And uh, it's just the story of Anthony Hopkins. He's a butler for this manor. And he is very strict and like rigid. He, he defines his life by his job. So he is completely and fully dedicated to being like the best possible butler he can be to the point that it overtakes everything else in his life. Uh, they, Emma Thompson is introduced as a, a new housekeeper that comes on board and starts working. And you can tell that like as time goes on, as the story progresses, they, they kind of have a thing for each other. But Anthony Hopkins' character just can't allow himself to uh, commit to her or to, you know, like even admit that he has feelings for her. Mm -hmm. And that's the movie. Like the movie starts with uh, the movie's told in flashback. Mm -hmm. So it starts with uh, the the owner of the house. Oh, no, JJ's becoming a robot. Hold on, JJ. You got to come back. You look concerned. <laughs> JJ froze, but he's talking. But no, I'm surprised Anthony Hopkins is in anything where he kind of looks halfway young. Okay, I mean, JJ's back. Movie, but... No, but he's always been old to me is what I'm saying. Oh, I got you. Like Patrick Stewart. But JJ, go ahead. And uh, you were explaining maybe about five seconds back. Okay. Oh, wait. Yeah, I turned his mic off. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Proceed again. <laughs> so now the the manor is owned by someone else. It's, you know, transferred ownership. But Anthony Hopkins is still like the head butler. Mm-hmm. And he reaches out to Emma Thompson's character to see if she wants to come back to work the manor for the new owner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he actually, you know, travels to go see her. She has, you know, long since moved on. She got married. She had a daughter. And... 
the movie just kind of closes with uh, them like talking and her still, you know, trying to get something out of him. And he's just like, well, back to the remains of the day, I guess. And he leaves. And that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what is it about you that gives you that knot? Is it just the fact that nothing ever The knot is the crescendo because you watch the entire movie. You're like, oh, man, these two are going to bone. And then, no, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> so this is less tearjerker and more blue balls than anything. <laughs> it's, no, it's not even like blue balls because, you know, he can't allow himself to feel. So, like, if they just brush past each other, it's like, oh, man, like, <laughs> the tension is there. But, like, it's, it, I guess it's that because sometimes I be laser focus myself on whatever I'm doing that I'm sort of scared of becoming Anthony Hopkins. And that's why it kind of gets me. <laughs> that, like, I'm, oh, I'm no. I'm worried about this note, by the way. Like, we're all, like... <laughs> it's it's fucking Sam's brother being a psychologist. I'm like, fuck, I hope he doesn't see this episode. There, there's some ball exposing going on in this episode. No, no, That's like, free to kick. No, nah, I have a I have a therapist cousin who definitely would psychoanalyze all of us. <laughs> my brother doesn't watch top, my show. Because like, usually when we're just dumb, it's like top five sides. It's like you can't psychoanalyze that I don't think potato chips are a side or whatever. You could psychoanalyze things that make us cry. Yeah. So, yeah. so JJ being a butler that never acts, me being a, a dwarf child who, who... Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too, because you could also... Like, Anthony Hopkins' character is completely satisfied with his lot in life. But let's, you know, say for a second that he wasn't, but he was still as dedicated to his job. So he just let his entire life go by. No dreams, no aspirations... Like, okay. that's fucking sad, dude. <laughs> now, now you're making me sad about it. Now you're like, oh, 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 what am I doing with my life? <laughs> By the way, honorable mention, little brother. We already, for my feel-good episode, <laughs> things that make me cry. Uh, no, that's awful. You, you, you won me over. The remains of the day, 1993. The remains of your life, nothing. Nothing, rem- <laughs> nothing remains of your life. Jam, JJ. I can't, man, that's fucked up because yours are going to be existential and they're going to hurt me really bad, I feel. Oh, no, no. Number one is like pretty straightforward. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But it's like the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tommy, what is your number five? My number five, I'm going to kick it off with the comic book, Sammy. I'm going to kick it off with the comic book. And the comic book is Spider Man Life Store. Okay. And this shit, yeah. Like, like I usually don't cry in comic books. It just doesn't happen. It's it's books but you can control. You can stop reading and not cry. You can stop reading. You can yeah. You could watch TV and just completely lose focus. Right. And look, sadness is gone. But this book I love, and I hope Marvel does more of these to where they like pick a superhero and do a life story uh-huh. because this thing starts off in the fifties, I believe. No, the sixties. I'm sorry. It's during the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. Is when it kicks off. And it basically just tells Peter Parker's story from that point to the day he dies. And so you just see, like, highlights of his most famous adventures, and they incorporate it into one story from the time he's, I think, early 20s to, again, the time he kicks the bucket. Wait, so is this a new story where they kind of, like, highlight? Or these like is this, like, a um, catalog of original stories? it, it is its own story. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's so like it's All Star Superman and All Star Batman, but Marvel and Spider Man. Is that yeah. am I right? 
Kind of, sort of. It's more condensed than All Star Batman and All Star Superman. So it's, like, it's, it's, like it's two, not very long. So 2006, he's getting choked up by Morbius. Yeah, and okay. that happens. Like in the actual Spider Man continuity, that storyline was around that time. Uh, oh, so so they pull they pull pieces from real storylines to make a yeah. linear story. They like take Secret the- War, Clone Saga, all that shit. Is incorporated oh in there. I was very disappointed, JJ. I was like, why did you put Clownstock in here? Out of all so the storylines. Sad things in Spider Man. Like, because I don't read Marvel for the most part, but it's yeah. just, I know of it. I mean, I'm a nerd, but like Edward tells me a lot of the stuff where it's like, yeah, um, Spider Man can never grow up, basically because of the way his character archetype works, no matter yeah. how old he is. And so he needs to keep going through growth moments, a.k.a. pain, every four or five years for the yeah. most part. <laughs> so wait, so, so it starts, is he born in 1960? Is that kind of no. the premise of it? No, 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 because the thing with Spider-Man, you never see, you see his origin story rarely in the right. comic books. You just assume, like, you know how the shit goes. Right. So he's still sort of kind of new at being Spider-Man. It's like his in year one, 60s. basically. Okay. Yeah. So he's 16 60s. in the 60s. So this guy's Which born in the 50s. It's when the comic book started was in the 60s. So, so that's he's, pretty much where this starts. Yeah. So, so he's born sometime in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's so, now the sixties. And so 2006. So he's like a 50 year old fucker right there in 2006. Yeah. So he's an old yeah. man Spider Man. He's an old man. And you get to see him struggle with being an old man. Miles Morales pops up and he's like, oh, here's this, this young kid that could take the mantle. And you have a whole storyline with that. And then it's one mission that Miles needs his help. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it out this shit, but you know what? I'm putting it all on the table. At that point, everybody's gone. Like, his uh, Mary Jane's gone. Aunt May's gone. He's oh by no! Yeah, I hate so, this already. I kind of I'm super interested actually. And and it it kind of hits you at the end when it's over and you know he's gone and you're just like fuck man like that character that you know like someone gave him an actual beginning middle end story right and to just see him go is just like fuck man that, that hurts a little bit <laughs> that like, shit no. hurt that shit hurt a lot. <laughs> And I teared up. Yeah, I totally teared up. It's a really good comic book, though. I, I highly recommend it. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, is it, so is it a series of books? Because, like, I see different covers. Yeah. Like... No, I mean, it was, like, five issues. Five or six issues. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, every omnibus has six issues. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, so, yeah. I'm seeing, like, in the 90s, uh, part three, the 80s, right? So, yeah. Okay. Got Dark Spider, uh, Black Spider-Man in the 80s and that whole thing. So, yeah. That's nuts. Covers I, all of it. I, I kind of want to get it. It's yeah, available. I'll let you borrow it. I'm gonna say it's available for twenty four thirteen at eBay. <laughs> and then, the, uh, yeah, there's one that has Captain America on it. Is that during like yeah, Civil Captain War? America's in the? I really in the Captain America arc in this story makes you want a life story Captain America if that's a thing. If yeah. you can, you know, die or age or whatever. But... One one book is just frozen in icicles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nothing happened for a huge chunk of time. The world is changing. Well, you're number five. Yes. Spider-Man life story. So you said there's other comic book characters they've done this with? No, I said I want them to oh, do that. This yeah, is, they better. As far as I know, the first. But Bro, it's, it's pretty critically acclaimed, so I hope they do do it. I want a Punisher one. I would love a Punisher. That sounds Life amazing. Sport. Punisher just fucking murdering everybody because he's lost everything. The body count from when he starts being Punisher to the day he dies. Can you imagine that body count? <laughs> <laughs> There's that one scene where he uh, rolls over Wolverine with a steamroller. I want oh, that I in there. That. 
That's got that whole feud with Wolverine has absolutely got to be in there because that shit is great. All right, let me see here. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm pulling mine up right here. So my number four. Moving on. Uh, this scene, I watched it. I was like, clearly, this won't make me cry again because I don't even know what the movie's about anymore. I kind of forgot uh, the premise, but I remember watching it with my family on DVD and I was sitting there and you know it's a story of trials and tribulations it's a father-son story of different trials and tribulations and there's a moment where they end up having to hide away because they're homeless and all of a sudden the tears just started coming I was I was minding my business (laughs) And then I'm, I want to say this came out. I was probably a teenager, 16, 17 years old. Like what, 2006? 2006. Let me let me look it up real quick. This uh, was on my list, by the way. Now I have to switch it. <laughs> uh, 2006. Yeah. So 2006. It came out. I'm 15 years old, probably at this time, and I'm watching this and just water falling from my face. There's nothing I can do about it because I cannot control how emotional this is. I'm talking about the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith and fucking Jaden in the bathroom when he was a good actor. (laughs) So they're being cute as shit, and he's like, all right, I'm going to play with my son. We got to go hide in the cave. Let's go hide in the cave, which is a subway bathroom. And then it turns out they're on Earth, right? And I'm watching this, and I'm just like, okay, this is sad. Man, this is this guy. This guy's really in a lot of pain. It's gonna get me. It's just gonna get me again. <laughs> and God bless Will Smith for fucking selling that man. That's that's hands down. That's uh, his best fucking performance. Of yeah. You know what? Uh-huh. That was on my list, but it wasn't that moment that was on my list. Uh-huh. It was the end. When he gets oh. the job and gets me every time, man. Like, it gets me kind of, every time. Those kind of moments are my bulk of my list for the most part. Uh huh. Nah, man. Fuck you, Key Ocupado. Shut the fuck up. No, <laughs> no why is this door locked? I have to take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the janitor. Like, who? F- I have keys to this. Why can't this lock? No, but the fact that. You kind of see it, and they kind of set it up, and you don't notice right away that there's there's a toilet paper on the ground to keep keep them off the dirty floor, and then it pans up, and then the knocking, and then he just puts his foot, and he's just holding his son, just like, I will protect you. I'm doing a shitty job right now, but I'll, it's just that whole element of just that promise of, I have this child that I'm I had to take care of, and I'm failing him. 
and you could uh, like the kid don't mind the kid's like i play in the cave it's fun but the pride hit that he's taking at that moment just sleeping in the bathroom with his son trying to protect him trying to do what he can to just be find success oh oh it ruins me and i'm a little teary-eyed right now it's just like that's so miserable. That's so awful. Because he's trying to sell this computer thing, right? That's like the that's the thing. Yeah, it's something that's totally useless that nobody really, you know, right has any use for it that day and age. But yeah, he's struggling to try to sell them, and and then he's going well. And then he solves the Rubik's cube, and everything's fine. But like, that's that's really all I remember from the movie. But I remember just fucking that's Fresh Prince tears. No, it was in the movie, right, Tommy? <laughs> The Rubik's Cube? Yeah, that was yeah. in this okay, movie. Sure. He gets the guy's attention. Yeah. No, he does that in Fresh Print. It was a double joke. Okay. <laughs> no, I, was like, I didn't mean to make you defensive. And I'm like, no, it happened oh. in both. <laughs> oh, no, because um, I don't I don't watch things that make me cry on purpose. That's why my number one yeah. is so terrible, because I love my number one movie. But it's just bullshit. No guessing. But um, that's my number That's my number four. Uh, the Pursuit of Happiness bathroom scene. Every time choked up. Marco, what is your number four? So um, I think we did Fears or something like that in October last year or some shit like that. I yeah. don't remember. Yeah, something similar. Uh, um, I actually it's have. Peace. To... I'm going yeah. to punch you down. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was something along the lines where it was like um, I'm having trouble coming up with topics and not trying to retread a topic we already did. But all right, so my number four obviously deals with the fear of being hopeless, uh, helpless for the most part, uh, ultimate desire kind of thing of what of goal you're trying to get, and you're just helpless to get to that point. This is going to be a reoccurring theme for my number one, but uh, for number four, it's Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh. And then there's the, uh, this hits you at a double point. I would start the clip at about 28 seconds, maybe 25, uh, because it's Jim Carrey. He's the happiest motherfucker, like, for most of your life. And then you watch this scene, and the way he delivers it, the way that it ends up, where it's just like, no, I actually want to hold on to these memories. I want to hold on to the person I love. Scene. I'm just exactly where I want to be. Glenn? I'll give you a sign. Don't let her call it off. Can you hear me? I don't want this anymore. I want to call it off. So I didn't know the scene was cut that way, but the tear when he's frozen, that's it. That's all you need for the most part. Hold on, let's pull it up again. And there it is. Oh, nope. Missed it. There it is. Oh, got it. Done. I hate That's you, the Marcus. thumbnail for this clip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, man. I remember why. I mean, I watched the movie for the show I used to do. And um, no, it was, it, was, it was not miserable, but it was like, man, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Ooh, that hurts. And, and you know, obviously I had the same relationship with Jim Carrey growing up, but um, it hurt, but it, it shit hurt, but it didn't make me cry. But you, it hits you a little bit harder. 
Well, so the thing is, there's not a lot of romance movies I like for the most part because they're um, 98% of romantic comedies are very boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one where it's obviously the cinematography, everything about it is very original. And uh, to be, it's the only movie I know that takes a rear view mirror view of a relationship where um usually it's like i met a girl i got the girl at the end of the movie she said yes and everything's great Mm -hmm. but this is the one that's like nah man we're gonna take a deep road through all the shit that you sucks about relationships right before you get to like this is why you are in a relationship for the most part right because no relationship is ever roses not even 98 they're not movie storybooks 98 all the time right it's a balance of i have your shit you have my shit and we're gonna work it out right this is the only movie that actually portrays that for the most part Oof, that's pretty good i like it it's very sad a lot of people will put this on their list because it's just it's a sad movie, but people love this movie uh, just because it portrays things in that way. And uh, well, it has a good ending for the most part. Yeah, is it? Is it though? Depending on if you want to go with what the, the studio wanted or what the director wanted. So if you go with the director wanted, they keep deleting each other and falling for each other over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you go with what the studio wanted, of like, no, they this was meant to be, and they fall, they find each other at the end of the scene, and everything's great. Don't worry mm-hmm. about. It. <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> well i'm i'm sad i'm now worried to go to jj's because jj's last one was existential that one was existential jj what is your number four uh a list like this wouldn't be complete without a disney movie right yeah well, of course not <laughs> so it's the fox and the hound just oh, no. the fox and the hound always oh, gets to me <laughs> everybody thinks bambi First and foremost, and I'm like, nah, fuck no, fuck I'll eat Bambi, so but <laughs> so, yeah. so, for is, record, right? <laughs> so for the record, so for the record, I looked up Fox and the Hound, and then it just came up sad scene. Yes, like the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what the sad scene is. I think it's when she gives her when she lets him go. Yeah, so she raised the fox, but uh. The neighbor, or I, I don't know what the hell their relationship is supposed to be. They might be like a divorced couple. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she, the neighbor keeps trying to kill him. Uh-huh. Kill the fox, because the neighbor's a hunter, and that's what hunters do. Right. And so she just has to let him go. And that's like, the song that plays in the background always like kind of, like it's, it's on the same tier as that Sarah McLaughlin song with the for the ASPCA commercials. Like, oh, no! Jesus. You're, talking about, <laughs> you're talking about this song right here? The horns? Yeah. <laughs> the harmonica? Oh, no. Yeah. You. Is this one of yours, Marco? No, it's not one of mine. It's just... God damn it. <laughs> I want it to be an Tear adult. Check. And not Tear pick check. any kid nope. movies. But fuck if this one is, doesn't punch you in the dick every time. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, so, here's, <laughs> so here's the thing. I had it on VHS. Probably saw it a couple times as a kid. I think I remembered it. Made me sad. Never watched it again. Because I just never, <laughs> never wanted. 
<laughs> Shut yeah, up, no, Keys would... in the chat. You stay, I go. No following. No follow. <laughs> <laughs> nah, because the only thing I remember was the inch, uh, the trailer for this movie was, I think, on Aladdin, maybe? I forget. One of the ones that I used to love sense. watching. So all I remember from this movie is, I'm a fox. I'm a hound dog. That's the only thing I remember. <laughs> only thing I remember for this. But um, yeah, that so song's fucking sad. We're going to be friends forever, right? Right? The ending is actually my... Mm, that, <laughs> but yeah. on a side note, here's something that you don't know, uh, or at least not remember unless you've seen it recently, because I, I had this nostalgia thing where I was like, oh, let me see this movie again. There's only 10 minutes of happiness. It's really? like a tiny minute movie, but 80 minutes of it is just punching you in the dick for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Top five chicken chase scene, and then, like, that's it. <laughs> no, there, there's the scene, I think, a little bit after that, after the sad part where she leaves him in the woods. Uh-huh. He, he befriends, like, a squirrel or something. Because, you know, he, he's never been a wild animal, so he doesn't know how to live out in the woods. Uh-huh. And so he he sleeps in like a tree, and he wakes up the next morning like hungover, like strung up on coke <laughs> or something. He's like, "What happened? What?" Happened? <laughs> By the way, sorry, there was somebody uh, reacting to Disney's Fox and the Hound. Goodbye, it may seem forever. I'm not even gonna play audio on it, but he just looks to me in so much pain. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like. <laughs> I can't tell if he's fake crying or real crying, but I can't tell. But he is—he's in agony. <laughs> this poor soul. Free shout out to him. God damn it! Ooh, that hurts. That hurts, JJ. Your, yeah. your number four, the Fox and the Hound. Any and all of it. Tommy, what is your number four? My number four is going to be from a TV show. Bro, this is really somber. Like, I'm like, I'm like my mood is all down. It's like, <laughs> my, oh, mine's man. Mine's pretty. Mine's sort of kind of depressing. Now, uh-huh. the thing about this is it's hard to describe. It's not necessarily sad. It's realistic, and that's kind of the part that gets me. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't a huge fan of this show. Like, I, it was one of those shows you respect, but it's like, I truly love this show. I like it a lot. But this finale made it one of my all-time favorites. It was probably one of the People call it one of the best endings to a show, mm-hmm. and it's going to be six feet under. All right, so it's not Game of Thrones. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I should watch uh, Six Feet Under finale? It's the, it's just the last scene okay, let's of see the six show. Feet under last scene. And it's basically just a montage of all the characters dying throughout the years. After you know the show's done, after the point we leave them, it's flash forwards to all of the deaths, and it's like behind the track of Sia. Oh, uh, so this Sia, pre- okay. Cause, yeah, because there's like a there's a commentary one, and then there's there's, the one al- the there's alternate music. Oh, all of them are the alternate scene. Um, I'm sure it's like licenses with the music. Yeah, or something. here we go. Last yeah. six feet of six feet under. It's it's shaky cam. This is the best we got. <laughs> Let's give ahead a little bit. Oh, 
Oh man, they're in heaven already with all this blowdown. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It looks that way, right? I know, I know. No. Just just because it's it's recorded on a VHS camera on a two TV. <laughs> on a TV, someone bootlegged their own TV. But all of them are like the alternate versions, I guess, where everybody lives. And yeah. this is not it. This no, is the real not. one. This is the actual version. Yeah. Is that Rashida Jones? It is. That is a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh no, dude! It, it's so blurry. I thought that was Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> so all these people are dead. Yeah. Oh my god! All of them end up. Well, it's that's the thing. Like you're seeing the best moments. These are the moments that you don't get to see because it was a pretty depressing, cynical ass show uh-huh. for the most part. And so yeah, it's this it's HBO show. Yeah, early HBO. So you know, so they really didn't give a fuck back then. And so it's basically just showing all the good moments in their life from, you know, from, as you see here, it's his son getting married and things like that. And then you see him die. Like, you see their good moments and then you see them pass on. And it's all the characters we follow from season one to, I think it went six seasons. Uh-huh. And it's so all... just to see that, to get that kind of completion. Because that's pretty much the show's about death. Yeah. So to get, it's about life and death. So to get that closure for the characters that you've seen, like, you want that in almost every show you watch. To see uh-huh. how how does it end for these characters, that would be great to see, and that's what this ending does, and it, it really gets you in the field. You see, you know, characters that you wanted to have a good life, right? You see some of them have a good life, and it just it, it gets you. It's really nice, yeah. For a show that, like I said, was super fucking cynical right. and dark, to have an ending like that, it gets you. It's a good show. Yeah, and that was a great. Ending. I'm glad this isn't a series of deaths, by the way. Like this yeah. whole thing, just <laughs> like. Old it could have very easily yeah. been like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if I would have said animals, this whole list would have been like dogs and shit. Top yeah. five animal Probably deaths. Me. Yeah. Hachi. Like that one really gets me. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I am legend. <laughs> I am legend, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. John Wick. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting. We're fighting about John Wick. Um. All right. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull mine up You're real three, quick. You're three, by the way. Yeah, I, I know how to count. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just, you had trouble earlier. I'm just helping you out. I'm just guiding your hips. Please don't. It's all in the <laughs> hips. It's all in the hips. That's a Billy Madison reference. So this one, luckily, was on uh, YouTube, thank God, because it's a new show. Marco, actually, you turned, this, uh, turned me on to this show. This came out last this year. This year. So this uh-huh. is not only the newest one, but it's one of those things where I watched it, and it's a it's a show where they discuss life and death, and they kind of go at length <gasps> about it. Fuck you! I'm <laughs> picking it. I'm picking it. Is this your number one or anything higher? No, I don't have TV shows. This oh, is a TV that's right. Show, technically, right. I didn't think about this one, but now that you say it, I'm like, I try to get. So there's so many people that I try to get to watch this show, and they're like, no, nah, it's just not for me, and I'm like. So you watch the first episode, right? And it's like, yeah, it was mildly entertaining. Just skip to the last one. Right. If, you don't, if you hate this show, <laughs> just skip to the last one right. and watch this moment. That's so, all you need. So the premise of the show, and, and before I get to the name of the show, the premise of the show is a guy does podcasts with different people and, and uh, people that have influenced him or people that he likes, comedians and stuff. And then they animate in a psychedelic manner. Um, just their adventures, and they'll even make up adventures to the theme of what they're talking about. And so the last episode, they're talking about death, of course, and the person he's talking to is his mother. And the show gets to a moment where 
they reveal that the mother has had severe cancer for a good a good last 10 years of her life, last six years of her life. So my number three is the Midnight Gospel. The episode is Turtles of the Eclipse. And the scene that you can find on YouTube is called Just Cry, or You Cry. And boy, howdy, if I watch all of this, I will cry. For four years now, which is that you have stage four bone cancer. Metastatic breast cancer. Metastatic breast cancer. And this is an extreme, extreme version of a tornado knocking a house down because four years ago you called to tell us that you had six months to live. I have been told that at least a dozen times. A dozen times that you've had six months to live. I have been told to call a crematorium and find out how much it would cost to be cremated because I had maybe a month or six weeks and that I needed to know that so that I could pay the money up front. That meditation is preparation for death. I think that's true. And meditation is one spiritual practice that prepares us for death. But also, you know, you just, if you look at the world, what you see is things appearing and disappearing. And humans are a part of the whole of that. And humans appear and they disappear Mm. off the face of the earth. That just happens. You know, our egos personalize it and, and we consider ourselves special cases, yes. but we're really not, you know, we're, we're, we are, are part of the whole and everything in the whole transforms all the time, changes form, transfigures. You're a special case. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm your mama. <laughs> no. No, this I know this transfigure. I know, I know, I know. But come on, there's no way to stop the heartbreak. How do you? What do you do about that? You cry. Oh, oh, it's gonna you get cry. me. Oh my god. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> and so to to personalize it a little bit, um, she'll never tell you this, but my mom doesn't have anything final like cancer. But she has a series of debilitating things that would knock any person, myself, out on their feet. She has arthritis, a couple other things. Uh, uh, so essentially everything stemming from the arthritis. Nerves falling apart or failing on her. Just pain for no reason. And she just kind of keeps on trucking. But I constantly worry about my mom and like how she's feeling and, and, and how she's keeping up and stuff. And so this guy's talking to his mom about life and death. And she has cancer. And the mom's like... We we just fucking die, and this like the whole six episodes, seven episodes before that is this guy talking to gurus and his friends about death. But when it comes to this mom, he's just like fights it. He just fights that like I have this knowledge of it, and it just rips you to sh- fucking shreds. It just rips this you to is, shreds. This is a rare moment where I get to be a total nerd. That's fine. Um, so, did you ever read the backstory about how they make the Midnight Gospel? No. So it's literally just a podcast, right? Like it's yeah. um, I forgot his the dude's name. It's he's the main character, Duncan uh, Trussell. Duncan Trussell's podcast or Trussell. Mm-hmm. I forget how it's pronounced, but no, it's Duncan Trussell because he's on the Joe Rogan podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, so all they're doing is they take clips of the podcast, and then they have most of the characters come in and they make a story around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, a lot of the other stories they're able to cut, get them back. And it's like, hey, just record a couple of things. We're going to record it and make it a show. 
Mm-hmm. They can't do this with his mom. His this was filmed three months before his mom passed away. Fuck. So that's why this episode starts. It's like, oh, you're my mama. Like it's just going straight into the podcast, right? Because the, his mom can't come back to record a couple of clips to set up the episode. Like the other episodes would be like, oh, hey, how are you doing, Mister President? I don't want to talk about that. Like they can't, they can't do that cartoon shit. Right. Because his mom has passed away. Right. So this is an added gravitas of his mom is has passed on. And this right. is her giving like her sage advice of how she's dealing with her death. Because she's like literally nine weeks from passing away. Right. And so when I first watched this, I wasn't expecting it. I was scream yelling. You know the scream yell? Where you're yeah. just like, ah. Uh, it was bad. I couldn't control it, and I had never had anything wreck me so hard for as long as it did. And um, yeah, I, I called my mom, and I was like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> it hurts like the next day, right? It that was it was a total slug to the chest because the other ones is like, "Yeah, death's death's groovy, man." Like you know, maybe we have other earthly realms and maybe we're just spirits or whatever this one's like no my mom's dying and she's been told she's been dying and there's nothing you can do about it so uh that's my number three midnight gospel episode i think it's eight turtles of the eclipse marco what is your number three so you know how i was talking about everything being a crescendo this scene doesn't have the weight with you hearing the three complicated dramas that make up this story for the Mm -hmm. most part um, but when you do have that weight, like, man, does this seem the gut punch? And it's the combination of what Tommy was saying earlier with the, uh, what was it? Um, the Will Smith movie. Oh, like, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Like the comp, the, um, entangled human drama of like, um, dealing with loss, dealing with pain and dealing with success all at once. And like, so the way the scene is set up from the music to everything, it's just like, it's just the anaconda wrapping around you. And it, it damn, if it doesn't choke you. So the movie is Warrior. Oh, oh yeah, God damn it. Yeah. And I would start this at a minute 45. Like the overall pain, the acceptance of family, everything about this scene is just like, Fuck, and oh, it's just. I is it, it the be... scene I'm thinking of? Because if it is, that was almost, that almost made my list. So it's not close. the it's not the drunk scene. If that's what you're thinking, it's not the one with Nick Nolte. Though. Yeah, because yeah. you know it's that okay. would have almost made a, a lot of lists too. Yeah, yeah. Like the I took too much shit, so I I relapsed kind of thing. I get yeah. that one too. Yeah. Right, that one was just like I'm an old man and I'm drunk, and I'm a terrible father. And then the guy's just like, All right, Dad, you're fucking. I'm sorry. But nah, the brothers, the brothers fighting the final round. I'm off the sauce. It's weird that we have such a gravitas for uh, an MMA movie, and this is the only one. (laughs) (laughs) There's no other MMA movies in that. Never back back down. (laughs) I was about to say that. One. I could never back down. No other MMA movie. <laughs> <laughs>
No, but there's like 12 never back downs. Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair moment here in a second. I love you. Sweet chin music. <laughs> oh, that's right. He does kick him in the fucking head. Oh, no. This one is the, the one that wins, right? The oldest one? Yeah. So it's like me and my brother fighting, and he's just got to murder me because <laughs> it's what's best for me because I'm a dickhead. Like, that's why this fucking... Like his daughter gets to go to cancer treatments, right, or something like that. No, uh, she was. She's already. I think at this point, story wise, she's already gotten over cancer. He gets to keep his house. Oh, that's right. That's right. He gets yeah. to, and then, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then it's just like, I love you, brother. I'm sorry, but, I got to kill you. I mean, um, that is a different like emotional aspect, but it, I, it's, it, it's still heavy, like to watch. To me, like it's probably up there with you and Midnight. Well, Midnight Gospel still is definitely like <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Just terrible. But no, but this one, this is is a feely movie. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's two guys fighting, but no, they both go through a lot of shit. They do. They go through a lot of shit. Like, uh, it's a great sports movie, man. Right. Tom Hardy it's, is like taking care of his probably my my favorite sports movie. And I, I think it was Martin that said it's like you have like. Um, the underdog story of the dude trying to do better. Like, if you just look at it top level, the dude trying to win and do the best to help people, and the dude trying to win and just to, just to keep the roof over his head. Like, it's like you don't really know who to root for at a certain point of the movie. Right. That's what I love about it. Right. And then, and then it's like, oh, well, you know that he's going to let him stay at his house and rehab his shoulder, and everyone's going to be happy. And Mickey Rourke is not a drunk anymore. Nick Nolte. What did I say? Mickey Rourke? <laughs> you're thinking the wrestling. Think, yeah, you're thinking <laughs> the wrestling. Which is a, definitely a depressing fucking movie. Which so, is also know, a movie on anybody's list. Which is also a movie I've never seen, so I don't even know how to reference that. Oh, man. I'm just a dumb Get ready man. for a new episode of Sammy Ain't Seen Shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Max Ain't Seen It. Come on, man. Stay on brand. That's the other fucking website. <laughs> Intro's coming soon, though. He has been working really hard on the super sweet animated intro. But uh, Marco, solid and good. JJ, what is your number three? 
My uh, number three is the one TV show. <clears throat> it's a it's an episode of The Wonder Years, and he keeps surprising me today. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay. So sort of keeping in in theme with yours, Sammy. This isn't the mom dying, but it does involve the mom. Um, I just think I caught this episode like on the right day for it to hit me like right in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> just mind your own business <laughs> but it was uh the episode's premise i think the episode is called mom wars and the it's from season three if i remember correctly mom wars is a show that comes up it's in spanish uh, if you want to watch it <laughs> no nah, it's okay but basically kevin arnold the main character it has uh, started playing like touch well tackle football uh, at one of the parks after school and he gets like a cut or something. I don't remember oh, how I bad, like, yeah, he's got a cut in his hand. He's wrapping it. Oh no, no, no. This is the aftermath. Oh, okay. This, this is before like the, well, that's actually kind of like the part that gets to me a bit. Um, early on in the episode, like when it first starts, he, he gets injured and his mom like patches him up and she's like, I don't want you to play football anymore like yeah you're getting hurt right yeah and he just you know doesn't listen he's like nah fuck you mom i know better i want to have fun blah 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 Uh something that i i know jj froze again it's okay we can watch one of yours in spanish não que eu quisesse esconder alguma coisa é claro (laughs) só que bem vocês sabem como são as mães acho que não é ketchup Ketchup? É. Como manchou de sangue sua camisa? Não é sangue. Okay, JJ, you back? I think that was Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so too. <laughs> but or Italian. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, uh, he he just says, you know, like, fuck you, mom. Like, I know better. And he, I want to have fun with my friends. So he, he turns his back on his mom. He disobeys her and continues to play football and he gets hurt again and he's like well i guess mom's gonna patch me up and she's like no i I don't care patch your own damn self up and that fucking got to me (laughs) like she's not because yeah that scene where he's like patching up his hand and everything that was the the heel turn that his mom made when she was like oh yeah there it is there it is he fell on his hand broke his hand is that Ben Savage? Yeah, yes. it's Ben Savage. Okay. So the mom refused to patch him up because he was being a bastard. Yeah. And like I don't like I my memory of this episode is very hazy, but it is one that like I don't I don't know what the fuck I was dealing with at the time. <laughs> Maybe I was pissed off at my mom. Maybe I said some shit. But it was I don't remember, but like it got to me. Like I, I I really really like felt it like in my chest and I was like oh my god what the fuck screw you Wonder Years <laughs> we're lucky I have a crush on Winnie Cooper <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've seen one episode of the Wonder Years I don't think I ever I have the first season on DVD you can buy it's oh no time, bro oh no and it they have it's a one of those recap. things that that it's barely in our age bracket for like me Tommy and JJ because yeah. it's like started early eighties yeah yeah but um. Yeah, man. 
there's a there's some hard hitting episodes in there. No, yeah. no very special episodes, I hope though. Are they all very special? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wonderful no, about not these like that. But the finale for it was also kind of sad. Uh, one of the one of the things that the writers always wanted to tackle was like the death of a parent because it follows Kevin Arnold like he grows up throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do an episode when he was old enough to like cover the death of one of the parents, uh-huh. but the the show didn't last that long. So in the final episode, it kind of like how uh, Six Feet Under shows you like moments of happiness and then you know their death. Um, it doesn't show the dad's funeral, but they the family had kind of separated and they all reunite during the 4th of July and they're all together like watching this parade and then you know Daniel Stearns the fucking sticky bandit is narrating <laughs> what happens to everyone he's like I grew up I turned out fine uh, I got married blah 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 and as it pans through each one of the characters like it gets to the mom and he's like mom started a career after dad died oh yeah by the way dad died <laughs> <laughs> Like the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. That is a, good. That's a, a good show. I mean, the show was designed to hit you, you know? Yeah. yeah, in, the, yeah. So in the groin, it. and you were like, oh, man, a fucking show about football. Oh, no, his mother doesn't Dude, I don't even anymore. play football. Like, I don't <laughs> like sports. So it's like, why in the fuck did this hit me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why you never played sports. I think you loved sports before Shut that up. episode. And then you're Shout like, no. Shout out to JJ not liking sports, but always to be always down to be like, hey, bro, we're going to go out to the NFL this weekend. All right, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, right there. I mean, it's the same reason why I go watch wrestling with you guys. <laughs> it's like, I don't fucking care about wrestling. But Tommy, yeah. you're, you're number three. I'm about to bring you fuckers down real quick. Oh, uh, and I'm going to keep you down with my number two. But let's, <laughs> let's go there, Tommy. We're getting later into the into the countdown. So, yeah, shit might get a little depressing. Yep. It's probably my, my most depressing one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of on the lines of what JJ was talking about with the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. I kind of had that to where it's it's a show and it's a genre show. It's Webster. You... Webster. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very special episode of Smart Guy. There you go. <laughs> Oh god. But no, no, it's it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Fuck you. If it's the episode, <laughs> I think Actually, that you episode. You wouldn't put it on your list though. Which one though? What scene or what is it? It's uh I don't know what episode it's when her mother dies and she discovers Fuck you. her mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will be honest that uh Buffy has the for it being a supernatural show about vampires and shit. Wait, is mom is her mom named Joyce? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, is the best, has the best emotional scenes for uh, breaking up and stuff. Yeah, that's not the scene you need to go to. No, 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 no but I'm just saying, like, when the characters are heartbroken in this series, you yeah. literally believe it. You feel it. it. Like, shit got real. Like, it got very real. Like, I mean, this is a show about a chick that kills vampires, and it comes out of nowhere, which is why it's kind of so shocking. And not only does it come out of nowhere, but it's played so realistically. That it just, it gets you so hard. And this isn't the scene you should be at. You should be at the scene when she discovers her mom. Like, it hits you so hard. Because it's very, as someone who's lost a parent, that's you, that's kind of how you feel. Wait, you feel like a... Is, is it any one of these here? It's that, that first, first one. one. First one. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, I'll, I'll play it. Give me a second. 
Buffy finds her mom. Mom? Did I need to skip ahead at all? No. Mom? Ravello. It's it, 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 a house. Ravello near Hadley. I'm sending a unit right away. Are you alone in the house? Yes. And did you see what happened? Did you fall? No, no. I, I came home and she... Well, what should I do? Yeah, I don't want to watch this, Tommy. I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... You went through the worst of it. Like, you did. Yeah. And the rest is just like... It just... It's it a hits one, every It's like a one note. shot. Yeah. Like, it's it a one... Yeah, like it's, it, it's completely out of the style of the show like it's so realistic it's i would argue that it's not a one shot because she deals with this guilt for like the rest of the season oh, but it's i'm like, saying yeah. the, no, no, no. the the, the actual sequence yeah. Of it. yeah but it's uh it, it the, the i i still remember watching this uh, and it was just like it hits you so hard because it, it buffy is a soup like she's literally captain america's level of super powered but she's like it doesn't matter how powerful or strong I am. My mom's still dead. This right. is my orphan year. Yeah. yeah, it's the thing to where, like, she's this super strong character. You know, she's fucking Buffy. Like, she can't fix this at all, period. And the way she just reverts back to, like, like calling her mommy and she curls up next to her, like, shit like that. Like, right. it's so realistic. And that's what you feel like when you lose a parent. You just, you completely <laughs> fucking revert back to just, like, like mommy or daddy and just, right. like, like that, that reminds, you can do. That reminds it's me hit of, me hard, but <laughs> yeah. No, that reminds me of like guys who are like in like uh, Normandy and shit, and yeah. like those guys who are like they're like they're they're hunkered down. There's like mommy, mommy. Yeah. It's like whoa, God, no, please, yeah. never. When you hear that from a grown man, it, it's a dire situation. Rest in peace, George Floyd. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Tommy. That's serious stuff out here, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. That's my super depressing number three. <laughs> Key is in the chat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Arkham's just like, damn. That's no. about as real as I'll get. That, that's, that's the, you know, uh, my, the grimmest one. <laughs> my number two. Um, it's a common way. It's not a, something I can make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you can't do it. You can't, you can't make fun of the disabled, all right? JJ, Damn it. it's against the rules. My number two is basic. We don't need to go over it too much because I will cry. Um, I I just put the line. I can just put the line in it, and Facebook knows. <laughs> Key, I need to watch some fucking Care Bears after this. <laughs> oh my god! So my number two is a classic pick for a lot of people, but I'll be goddamned if I don't fucking tear up every time I look at it. Uh, my number two, Forrest Gump. I'm just gonna play the clip. I fucking hate Forrest Gump. Me too. Thanks, Forrest. 
<laughs> like me. I named him after his daddy. He got a daddy named Forrest, too? <sighs> You're his daddy, Forrest. Yeah, you guys find it funny. Fuck you. I'm so, I'm sorry, bro. It's just afterwards. Save it. Save it. All right. Because I'm a cry. Forrest, look at me. Look at me, Forrest. There's nothing you need to do. Okay, you didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Isn't he beautiful? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But... Is, is he smart? He's very smart. And we're done. And we're done. Can't do it. Can't do it you much more than that. Pussy, <laughs> Fuck you, See, Tommy. Here's the problem that I have with Fuck all of Forrest you. Gump. You're, no. you're right. You're you. right about feeling Fuck emotion you. and shit. But Jenny is an evil person. She's a oh, cunt. Yeah. Yeah. No, she is. No, it's like, not about the first. I, the first time I watched this movie was in my uh, in MediaTek, JJ. And I remember. And Rio. <laughs> <laughs> who was another director? I got to direct a, a movie. Rio was another one of the directors. Said if you had a sex in the '60s, there's a 60 percent chance you had sex with Jenny. Like, <laughs> like she is a terrible, evil person. She's a rapist. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is. You reverse their roles, and yeah, yeah. She's a fucking rapist and a terrible person who had his kid. Didn't bother to tell him until he just popped up one day. See, you guys are focusing on the wrong things, guys. Come on. You're focusing on the no, wrong things. No, she sucks. No, it's not about Jenny. Fuck Jenny. I'm not thinking about her in this situation. I'm thinking about Forrest, and I'm thinking about the first thing. It's not thinks. his kid. It is his kid. I, I'm pretty sure. It like, <laughs> So Forrest is a millionaire. He created bubblegum shrimp. And right. in the book, he goes to fucking space. Uh... <laughs> the book is a whole nother thing. Right. <laughs> but what I'm saying is... But, and so, of course, Jenny would be like, oh, yeah, the simple guy from high school that sinned for me. <laughs> yeah. That's my kid. Of course it is. It's yeah. not about those things. The thing that gets me. <laughs> Forrest no, Gump, the original the... simp. <laughs> JJ, they didn't. No, we're not accepting that. <laughs> we're not accepting that. It's not any of the outside forces. One, it's obviously Forrest Gump as a as a simpleton, shocked to find out he has a fucking kid, whether it's his or not. Okay, one. Two, the fact that the first two things out of his fucking mouth there, he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And is he smart or is he? That, to me, is such like, because he's that simpleton, whatever, spectrum, whatever, that those are the first two things that he vocalizes. This is the first two things he's worried about that his brain went from I'm just a simple guy who owns millions of dollars to I need to make sure that if this person is my kid, I need to take care of him and I need to make sure that I did not fuck him up. That to me moves me so much in the way that he, that he plays it. The fact that he's just like, is he smart or is he like me? Which is just like the ultimate 
selfless thought to have in that moment. Not, it's not mine. Not, fuck you, you, you skanky bitch. Not any of those other thoughts that would be valid in this situation. It's the fact that he just takes ownership of it. And he wants to immediately do but right. And it just the issue is that he takes ownership of everything. He is selfless from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. The issue is not with Forrest. It's the fact that I can't watch this scene and not think that Jenny is just manipulating him. I'm not thinking about Jenny. <laughs> I'm with you, Sammy. I'm I just you. think that there is so many women that could show up and be like, Forrest, this is your kid. We didn't even have like things and he'd be like no it's your kid yeah it is okay all right the math is right marco this, the math is right it was the late, <laughs> late 80s it was the I'll late 80s and they had sex saying. one time i think that's how the math worked out or was it the, <laughs> the way he plays it though like the way he plays it it just, makes you feel that like yeah you feel for this guy because that's well, his worst fear at that well, moment is well, that this kid is like him right he retreats because he's oh shit i'm a new dad and then he has this kind of nervous, it's like, is he, you know, he's beautiful, is mine. And then he's just like, okay, I have a fucking son now and I need to make sure he's okay and then take care of it. And then he does. And then he's a good man, takes care of his goddamn kid. My number two is supposed to be quick, but fuck you, Marcos, being angry about it because you hate Jenny. I'm not being angry about it. Because <laughs> you hate Jenny. I didn't buy into the scene. I also have a personal gripe with Forrest Gump because it's not better than Pulp Fiction, but it got the Oscar that year. Or <laughs> <laughs> Shawshank Redemption, by the way. Or Shawshank. It was the same year, too. Forrest Gump deserved all the awards it got. Nope. Marco, what is your number two? Uh, so my number two um, is... It's fucking stupid. Weird. You're stupid for liking it. No, that's not going to happen. But so it's the combination of everything I said in the last. In fact, it's kind of the same genre. So I had a literal mental fight of like, probably I should only pick one, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. And this is my number two. Now it started at two minutes and 30 seconds. Here's the clerk. And it's uh, Creed. I would start at two thirty. I would start it at two thirty, and then when he gets up, go all the way to four thirty-five. So it's the combination of everything I said with Warrior, but with what he says at four thirty-five, you go, oh. I like how like Creed, like can you take me higher? (laughs) Wrong Creed, wrong Creed. You said no music. Daddy, get up! Get up, D! Damn, she was pissed. Come on, baby. Stats! Just got up like a man possessed. He... How many fingers? How many of them is? Four. And again. Two. Time in! All right. Breathe through your mouth. Deep breath, kid. Deep. You are up on the cards. You're winning this. You are going to win this. But just keep smart and keep away from me. He's going to sleep this time. He's going out this round. I should have stopped this one with your father. I'm stopping this one now. Don't, okay? Let me finish. I got to prove it. Prove what? I'm not a mistake. Ooh. Look at me. I never got a chance to think of Paolo. 
for helping me out after Mickey died. You can stop. That's all you needed. That's all you needed is his line. Oh, yeah. I fucking... That almost got me in the theater, I will say. Because I was watching it with my dad, and I'm like, am I a mistake, Papa? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Just... Well, that, that was if that's hard. the case, because it was my number two was also from Creed. It wasn't that though. Okay, yeah, just jump in it. Okay, cool. It's sick, Rocky. That's it. <laughs> Just <laughs> sick, Rocky. I will ball like a fucking baby. Y'all did something about like Sylvester Stallone's performance that just it got me, man. It hit every note that just made me ball like a bitch. because uh, it's your hero, Tommy. It's, and I saw my dad, man. It's just like, you know, you see these figures that you see your whole life, and then they just, yeah, that happens. These fucking titans, right? Just I can't believe the Rocky series kind of goes like eight movies and is not bad. Like the a- worst movie is Rocky Five. Even then, Rocky Five is saved by Mickey going like, I don't see no machine. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> no, I, I can't get past the sex robot that his brother has. Yeah, the sex robot. That's four. That's, that's four. four. Yeah. yeah, that's four. Yeah. Happy Which is completely you don't think about that rock. You don't think about that robot. Robot. You think about Drago. Plastivia. So, oh, someone donated money. Uh, who is this? This is going to be uh, Keychain Cheer 200 for that one. He says Sly was fucking robbed at the Oscars. Mm, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Sly. Oh, I was very that... upset about that shit. <laughs> really upset about that. Like, this man made me cry. You who give won? him a fucking Oscar. Who won that year, if we remember? Oh, fuck. Was it like Eddie Redmayne, I think? Fucking Eddie Redmayne. Always Can't winning. stand Eddie Redmayne. I mean... It's no Pulp Fiction, but... Was it any, I don't know who the fuck it was. <laughs> it wasn't Sly Stallone. It, it, right. he won. I don't know. People still get mad at me for being mad that Robert Downey Jr. didn't win Best Supporting Actor over Heath Ledger, but whatever. I, I was pissed off about Michael Keaton not winning the Oscar. <laughs> that one really upset yeah. me. Get Batman know. a fucking Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, that's pretty solid. And Tommy, also yes. your number two. So both of you guys had Creed. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. JJ, uh, what episode of Hey Arnold made you cry? <laughs> <laughs> JJ's is so random. I'm so curious. <laughs> fucking what episode of fucking like Bear in the Big Blue House made you cry? Hey, man. <laughs> when he lost his house, dude, he lost his identity. All right. He's the bear in the what now? He doesn't have the Big Blue House anymore. <laughs> he's, just a, he's just a bear. <laughs> No, uh, this is going to be a very obscure movie, uh, considering the audience. (laughs) Uh, And considering the time I watched this, uh, because this was another, like, what the fuck is movieplex showing? (laughs) Uh It's a Japanese movie called Nobody Knows. And it's based on a true story. It's an actual uh, child abandonment case that happened in the 80s. So it's about these four kids that live in an apartment together. And they're all very young. Like, I think the oldest one is maybe 12. Uh Uh-huh. And 
their mom's pretty much a deadbeat. Like she lied to the landlord about only having one kid and the other three kids like hid in suitcases when they moved in. So the landlord doesn't know that there's actually four kids in the house. The mom bails and just leaves them alone. Like she gives the kid, I think like 350 bucks for them to survive off of. And she's like, I'll be back in two weeks. Here's money. And she's gone for months. She ends up like marrying some other dude. Uh, this is this an anime? No, this isn't an anime. Oh. This is a live action movie, and okay. this shit actually fucking happened. Oh, no. Is, is, it, is it this <laughs> what I'm looking at here? This shit here? Yeah. Okay. Is No. No? That ain't it. Okay. I nobody, don't, no. nobody knows what it is, because if you, look up nobody, <laughs> if you look up nobody knows on YouTube, nothing comes up. But anyway. Uh, well, yeah, it's it's a pretty obscure movie here. Like, I only caught it on Movieplex, like, once or twice. Uh, but it does exist. You can believe me. You can Wikipedia it, and it should come up. And it'll also give you, like, the link to the actual crime case. Uh-huh. In the actual case, there were five kids. Um, and since the landlord only knew about one of the kids... Is it right? Japanese? Yeah, it's Japanese. There you go. That's it. Um, the other kids had to, like, hide in the apartment. They never came out. So no one knew that there were four kids living alone. They just assumed it was, like, the old kid and that the mom just worked, like, late nights. Uh-huh. And no one checked up on them or anything. And eventually, you know, you leave kids alone long enough, bad stuff happens. Oh, my God. JJ, <laughs> this is terrifying. This is terrible. I don't want it's- this. It is terrible, and it got to me, and it, yeah, it, like, yeah, it's fucked up. I don't want to be left alone. (laughs) Mama, don't leave me. Patch my hand. Patch my hand, Mama. I mean, I don't, I can get into spoilers, because, like, the real sad part happens at the end. Fuck Um, it. Get into spoilers. Let's hear it. We gotta gotta find a reason why we're we're crying about this, JJ. (laughs) Okay. So as I said, the four kids are living by themselves. Uh, That girl actually finds out that they're living by themselves and tries to help them out. And she goes to a karaoke club with some guy to get money. And then after the older kid finds that out, he stops hanging out with her. He's like, no, I I can't. Like, that's fucked up. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, The older kid starts hanging out with, like, some friends. And he kind of starts like neglecting his siblings a little bit like he's not beating them or nothing but he leaves them alone longer than they should normally would yeah yeah and one of the the youngest the girl uh falls trying to reach for something i think she was trying to get something that got stuck in the ceiling fan (sighs) and she dies oh my god jesus and no one knows keep in mind still no one knows that they're living in this apartment alone so they have to dispose of the body. Oh, shit. The oldest has to with the youngers? Younger ones? The oldest gets... This, the oldest buries her uh, in real life. I think they buried her in uh, in a forest that was, like, nearby. Jesus. And in the movie, they bury her uh, also, like, in a secluded area. But that's overlooking the, the airport. Because... Mm-hmm. So, uh, older kid had always promised her that he would take her to see the airplanes. Just tears. 
just <laughs> fucking tears. That's rough. Oh my yeah. god. I don't like this, Tommy. You gotta stop watching the movie. Play <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have cable anymore. So... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, well, wow. Well, now that we're all nice and sad, yeah, that was right. sad one. Tommy, you had your number two already. I did. What's your number one? My number one. It's Everyone knows. Everyone knows it. Say it. Coco? What part? Child. <laughs> the most I'm, least gonna guess the the <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's the end when like the grab yeah. Yeah. Recuerdame. <gasps> Mama, wait. Remember me. Do I have to say goodbye? Remember me. This whole fucking movie, man. Chills, fuckers. Like, ugh. Okay, so we're going to get copyrighted by Disney, but essentially, <laughs> so it's not because obviously clearly it's a it's a tearjerker clearly it's a sad song just you know it's it's meant to invoke that feeling right here's the thing that gets me about coco obviously oh (laughs) god damn it key you can't be putting 69 in there right now (laughs) we have have a bit we have a bit donation i don't remember them 69 i might have watched the wrong version it's, it's a bit donation charm that's i guess to break up the tension it's it's adam sandler saying 69 and giggling point is the reason why this movie gets me so fucked up is that one Mama Coco obviously is a sad premise. Two, the the dad in the movie or the great grandfather, whatever, in the movie was a musician, right? If you look at the actual uh character, let me see here. Um Mama Coco's dad. If you look dad at that or the grandpa. Well the well Mama Coco's dad. So uh, the the there we go. This guy, um, uh, I forget the character's fucking name. Hector. Um, so obviously he's like a musician, and you know he's dressed in whatever, right? So my grandfather looks just like that when he's young. So this is my my grandfather who was a musician who would wear that kind of uniform. He was a drummer. So not only am I seeing my fucking grandfather in a previous form running around like trying to take care of his family, but then I'm gonna cut back to here. This portion right here, and my cousin brought this up to me, and uh, my cousin spent more time with my grandmother. He's actually pretty much her caretaker in her last years for a long time, and uh, he tells me when he looks at this right here, when he's looking at the hands, um, that he goes. My cousin told me, "Is yeah, that those are grandma's hands," and then I thought back to my last memory of my grandma, um, which is us dancing at a wedding sometime, and I. Remember taking her little tiny baby, little tiny hands. She's like five foot two, my grandmother, when, when this was happening. I took her little tiny hand in my hand, and I could feel the, the bones and the softness and, like, the skin kind of not holding tight. And so I see that. I see my grandfather. Everyone's dying. Just all the little themes of it. I'm a little Mexican boy. Miguel's a little Mexican boy. That wicker chair. We had a wicker chair like that in the fucking – at our old house. Like, there's these little – little poison bits where i just have so many little relations to this movie 
and it's just fucking tears. I've only seen this movie twice. For someone who loves it as much as I do, I've only seen this movie twice because I just cannot watch this movie without being a complete mess, and I don't like putting myself through that. Um, it's easy, but with all those little bits kind of put together that make it that personal, I fucking hate this movie every time. It makes me cry, and that's why I'm not even looking at it too much because I'm just like, it's so sad because it's like, oh my god, they're so happy, and then they f- fucking dies because everyone dies, and then and then people die, and then they die again. That's the other thing with the uh, chorizo. He fucking dies. He fucking <laughs> dies. He fucking dies. And then and then Ernesto de la Cruz. He's a fucking bastard. It's terrible. You guys know it's this one's easy. Coco, number one. Yeah. It's it's the it's the just, song in Spanish gets to me. Yeah. Recuerdame. I am like, not oh! looking forward to. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to Soul when it comes out because I have a feeling it's going to be <laughs> black people's <laughs> <country. laughs> It's a black grandpa dying. No, no. Somebody said that the the character in Soul looks like our friends Corey and Martin mixed together into one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I liked uh, I liked uh, someone was describing uh, Pixar movies like what if toys had feelings? What if cars had feelings? What if feelings had feelings? What if Mexicans had feelings? <laughs> <laughs> what if black people? Now it's what if black people had feelings? But uh, yeah, no. my number one, Coco, couldn't get out of here without a Pixar movie. Um, are we are we doing honorable mentions right now or after our number one? After, after, I say after because I got a couple of good ones. So yeah. After, so, so after our number ones, honorable yeah. mentions. But uh, Marco, you're number one. So remember, I have to take control for a little bit. We're gonna share the screen. Blah okay. blah. All right. Yeah. So. Um, remember everything I said about real life doesn't make me sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is actually a pers- perfect example of why real life is so infuriating. It just is like, fuck it. Like sometimes. Yeah. Uh, cause it's a movie based on a true story. Uh, it happened here in Texas. I found out about it after the fact, when I got into the punk scene, this movie telling the story was, um, uh, it's a gut punch for the most part. So, uh, for a comparison, we're all familiar with Brock Turner for the most part, right? If I say that name? Yep. Yeah. All right. So, Brock Turner is someone that, because of social media, was not allowed to get away with his stuff. This story happens before social media. Um, and it happens here in Texas. It happens in Amarillo. This movie is called Bomb City. Bomb City is a directorial d- debut so the movie is very up and down for the most part. Like, it has really good high movements. It has very boring moments for the most part. But the way the movie ends, you're just like, fuck. Because it's it's just the ending. Like, it's, there's no, it's real life. It ends on a really somber note. This is a Brock Turner situation. So what, the, what ended up happening is a couple of jocks picked up a picked a fight with a couple of punks in Amarillo. The uh, the punks show up, they start fighting back, and then a while they're fighting, uh, one of the white jocks drives his car and murders one of the punks. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the scene happens for the most part. It's the trial. Uh, I have it, so all I gotta do is press share screen because you can't find this. You can't find this movie because it's a indie movie for the most part. So I'll click share screen. Let me know when you see it. And then we'll go to the movie. Okay. Waiting for it. Button clicky. And now we can see all of our screams infinitely. Here we go. 
Can't hear it. When you share the screen, there's a button on the bottom left that says share audio. I already click. I thought I clicked that. Undo it and redo it. That happy guy do it a couple times sometimes. But yeah, Brock Turner stuff, never good. All right, no. let's, try it. let's try it again. Can you see it now? Let's see if we can hear it. You can see it, yes. Can hear coughing, can't hear it. Oh no, we're infinite. <laughs> <laughs> let's try again. Yeah, sometimes you got to do it by the. You can try it by the browser. You could try it by the full screen. Um, but we'll see what happens here. Do 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 do. Let's see. Try it. Nothing doing. Is the volume up all the way though? Let me. All right. I think I know how to fix this. All right. Well, I don't want to interrupt yours. <laughs> Because let's talk about Coco some more. JJ, let's sing it in Spanish. Recuérdame. I don't know the language. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know Spanish. <laughs> I know they're slightly different. Like they're not yeah. direct translation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just because lyrically they can't. Uh, um, okay, it doesn't make the same. It doesn't make sense. Here you go. Let's, let's listen to it in Spanish. <laughs> The audience can hear it. I don't know if you guys can. Spanish makes everything sadder. <laughs> it, makes, it makes it more real and it makes it sadder. But... Um, uh, it yeah, like when I'm really, really pissed off, like just like the gut punch of like, oh, I'm mad. Like I, my first insults or words are in Spanish. They're not in English. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Destroy. There we go. We can hear it. There Everything. we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a case about diversity or tolerance. This is not about judging people for the way they dress this case is about a gang of young men who chose a lifestyle designed to intimidate those around them to challenge authority and to provoke a reaction from society itself when those punks brought bats and chains out there with them to western street that night a conspiracy was put into play to kill and maim those high school students. Cody had no time to think or ponder. He had to take immediate action, and he took it. And if he had to live it all over, he would do it again. You see what Cody Cates faced out there that night was a bad combination, a mean drunk with a weapon. And somewhere in the infinite processes that shape a boy into a man, something happened to Brian Dennecke. The manner of his death 
was unfortunately the end result of a long list of poor choices over the last six years of his life. You could even argue that he was destined to die the way he did. He was a violent individual. And it took violence on Cody Kate's part to put an end to further violence and to save an innocent life. Let this boy go home. Restore him to his family. Because he did the right thing. Are they gonna murder him? Can they please murder him? <laughs> Answer me, Marcos. Are they gonna murder him? <laughs> I don't think you can hear. I think this is probably too high in his ears. All this is doing is making me mad. <laughs> Fucking Texas. I said, do they murder him at the end? Marcos. <laughs> Marcos, can you hear us begging? <laughs> Did they murder him at the end? What do you mean? When he drives away in his father's Cadillac that he used to murder Brian? Yeah, do they murder him after? No, man. He just gets away. You actually see a sad um, running of credits for the most part that are things like um, so he was charged for involuntary manslaughter, was fined $1,000, and the fine was later waived. Because he killed some punk who they were exacting vengeance on an assault? To catch myself uh, up again? No, no. The, so it's just kind of the thing where, I mean, I even was involved with things like this in high school for the most part, where it's just like, the, it's not gang warfare for the most part, but it's like people pick on people that are of a different genre for the most part. And then it's, uh, but for the most part, you just fight and you get over it. Mm -hmm. This was that, but then somebody drives a car through that fight and murders someone. <laughs> and then, um, so there's a part afterwards where that it's really sad for the most part. It's the epilogue to the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, like you watch that and there's no happy ending to it. I mean, do I feel, does it, is it bad that I was like, oh yeah, that was right. That guy was violent. 
He was a murderous felonious. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know that that was your past, Marco. So it's very direct to how you feel about shit. And like, oh yeah, I'd get murdered. They'd paint me in this bad, terrible fucking manner. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, um, punk for the for what it, the music was is actually very safe in the '90s. But it's also very like, uh, it's just a style of something. Like, how would you like that? If you got murdered, Sam, everybody brings up the podcast of what you said about Boston. It's like, nah, man, this guy was a hateful idiot. Like, he deserved <laughs> to die. But fuck Boston, though. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? You That's know what? exactly. No, no, what, no. If they started saying that I supported the Boston bombing, which has been alleged by by scoundrels on the internet, that is not true. That is not true. I said the movie sucked. Marky Mark sucks, and Ray's dumb. But Point is, <laughs> you're number one. What's the name of that movie? Bomb City. Bomb City. White guys kill other white guys because they wear different collars. One is a studded collar and one is a white collar. I hate the way you, you like list things out. At Punk least I didn't pick a kid's movie like a child. <laughs> <laughs> you picked other children killing each other and getting away with it. A children, they were teenagers. They're children. They're underage. They're not underage they're for the most they're part. They're 17, 17 to 19. Yeah, they're on trial as adults. It's not a Pixar movie. <laughs> Be an adult. Pick a man movie. Get over pick, yourself. Pick a man movie. Uh, high school me would have got murdered. No. No, My, I'm saying that anyone could be murdered and judge as who they are. And I use an, an example of something that you said three years ago. Yeah, and that's Coco. Coco... Fucking, they thought he was a bastard because he abandoned the family, but he got murdered by his best friend. That's betrayal. That's real but man punk shit. rocker would have just been like, fuck you, I'm going to play music anyway. Like, fuck that. No, he got murdered. He got murdered before he could play, just keep playing. He was like, hey, you stole my song. Why he didn't like, he just play from the beginning? I I had always, I can't associate with Coco for the most part because I always live by the parents' rule of, if I just keep breaking the rule, they're going to stop enforcing it. I can so, confirm. Uh, yeah. They will stop enforcing it after a while. <laughs> so just keep playing music, and eventually they're going to be like, all right, we accept you. We love you anyway. Coco's dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you and your punk rock movies are dumb. Nobody. That's why nobody watches them. There's, that's why that's There's why only I, two punk rock movies. There's this and SLC. That's it. Good. What about Green as Room? As many as you deserve. Uh, Green Room, three. <laughs> <laughs> that's one more than you deserve. JJ. What's your number one? I'm tired of this punk rock shit. Fuck punk. Hang on a second. <laughs> punk, ro- punk rocks are pussies. Oh put, shit, put, he's bringing put, out. Put that on he's t-shirt. Bring out something special. Oh no, he's got the tender. Oh, he's that, got, that's pretty serious. He's got the oh, Tennessee man, I'm whiskey. About to get a bottle now. Oh, we only have thirty more serious. minutes of the show. <laughs> thirty more minutes, and <laughs> we got about ten more, fifteen more minutes, max. <laughs> It's Grave of the Fireflies. I knew oh, it. You. Come I knew on. it. I knew it. Once you said. <laughs> <laughs> and Marco's getting his drink. I am yeah, on an empty. I am yeah. uh, not Grave of Terrace Treasure. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. all right. So, so you know how you s- said you only saw Coco once or twice. Mm-hmm. For the exact same reason, I've only seen Grave of the Fireflies once. Like, that's enough. As well, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, it's it's a good movie, but 
it is the definition of a bummer ass fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the premise of it again? Like they're in World War Two. It's the closing out of World War Two in Japan. So a lot of people know that we bombed Japan with the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people might not know is that prior to the atomic bomb, America launched a ruthless, like, firebombing campaign on Japan and mm-hmm. um, on cities of Japan because most of their structures were made of wood and, like, paper. Yeah. So if you would just drop a firebomb on there, you can take out an entire city. Mm-hmm. So... We kept doing that. I say we. I wasn't alive. America kept <laughs> doing that. <laughs> America like kept doing that. It was a pretty aggressive fucking uh, bombing campaign until finally, like the Japanese were not giving up, and it was like, "Fuck it, we gotta just hit them with the atomic bomb." Right. Um, this story takes place before the atomic bomb, and it's during the fire bombing. Mm-hmm. So the two kids survived the initial firebombing mm-hmm. but now they have to sort of like make their way through this like completely ravaged fucking city right and survive for as long as they can until maybe normalcy returns mm-hmm. um it's so the really sad part about the movie um, much like my prior pick is that this kind of actually happened. Uh-huh. The the movie was actually written as an apology for uh the the author's little sister. The uh-huh. the author this was originally a sort a short story and then later it became a, an animated movie. The it's semi autobiographical. It's obviously changed a little bit, but basically. The boy in the movie is the writer of uh-huh. it. Like he, and in real life, he was a kid. So he was like, he didn't have that selflessness in him to give up feeding himself so that he could feed his sister. And his sister didn't live. Damn. So, and in the movie, that doesn't happen either? Huh? Does the kid die in the movie also? Yes. The, the sister. Ah. So the the opening kind of gives it away. The difference, the reason it's only semi autobiographical is because in the movie both of them die. Okay. They both start to death. Uh, he wrote it as sort of uh, number one, an apology to his sister, and two, uh, he made the kid in the movie sort of like the version of himself he wished he could be, the more selfless one, so that she would have lived a little bit longer right. but ultimately like he 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 wouldn't have survived if he had given up his food uh, i knew it was sad i didn't know it was about children <laughs> i didn't know about children starving to fucking death yeah that's, that's that yeah it's, so what's it's the part bad. so what's the part that made you cry what at least the first part the whole fucking the thing. Whole movie, <laughs> like, yeah. No, where's the where's the part where the leakage started? I guess is because if it's, it's, like, it's just, um, not great. It's, it's it's probably the end because he he finds some food and like she's she's like 
very weak at this uh-huh. point and you can already like feel it coming yeah and he's like no like I'll, I'll be back i'm gonna go trade for like some more stuff and then it just cuts to a narration and the kid just says she never woke up and that got me like mm. that just like <laughs> tommy you okay over there tommy tommy huh? you're about to cry you use the glare in your glasses to cover your eyes. Oh no, these things have helped me out tremendously today. You know? <laughs> but uh, so it's it's you know it takes place during war times, and you know a lot of war movies have like uh, you know scenes of like heroism and stuff that kind of like break it up and like lend a little bit of levity to them. Mm-hmm. This is just like relentless. Like, nah, war fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Asians are way better at making war movies. Like I've seen all the Clint Eastwood like award winning movies, and I'm like, nah, man, tight goop GI and this <laughs> by a military mile. So to liven it up a little bit, well, because well, quick, fuck. but we will quick. Arkham <laughs> says there's a scene where you see a man melt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> why would war fucking watch, sucks why would we shouldn't do it people melt like it's bad <laughs> people melt <laughs> as JJ finishes his whiskey but what were you going to do to liven up everything so when it was first brought over to the states uh, it was billed as a double feature in theaters <laughs> you want to guess what the other movie that was Watership playing with it was down. No. Schindler's Damn. List. No. <laughs> Toy it was Story. My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, God. <laughs> so really? people were coming in and like, this is going to be a great family time oh, watching the no. Japan animations. You know what's worse? They played Totoro first. Oh, oh that's great. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people went home early that evening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, because that's what I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask, like, did like what what happened? What what happened? Was it Totoro first, and it, and it was, and it was. What happened after Totoro? We don't talk about that. <laughs> Totoro died. <laughs> he died in a carpet bomb. Well, that's your number one, JJ, with a bullet. Oh, Tommy, wow. you sent me a link. I did. This is your mine's, mine's very one. simple, man. And this is something that, like, caught me off guard and made me cry. Uh-huh. And yet, but it's something I think about a lot, especially, like, when I'm getting, you know, as an adult, getting super frustrated or just bad adult shit happening to you. You mm-hmm. know how that can just kind of gain yeah. up on you. Yeah, you kind of just want to break sometimes. You just, like, you can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. And that's basically this scene in, in Royal Tenenbaums, which is kind of a... <laughs> comedy drama it's a little pretentious you know it's wes anderson uh-huh but he does yeah, this it's all- wes anderson oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you guys can and hear you it boys come up here with me what the fuck are you yeah. still under okay. there i know but there's nothing we can do for him at the moment <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not even laughing at this i'm laughing at a different scene I, got you but a new I, I, I love this movie i just bought it oh me too i did I'm sorry I was an asshole I never thought of you an asshole. All of you. Just thought you were a son of a bitch. I'm trying to make it up to you. Thank you. <laughs> What's his name? Sparkplug. 
Thank you. You're welcome. I've had a rough year, Dad. I don't know you have, Chazzy. That's it. That part right there. Every fucking time. Tommy, you broke your rule. There's a dog. but no dude that that scene it gets me every time because every time i see it i just see like me and my dad or me and just my mom too kind of in a way to where it's just like throughout that whole movie ben still is a fucking asshole like his Uh wife just died and gene hackman who's his dad is a fucking asshole too yeah you you see where he gets it from Mm -hmm. it's just them just being shitty to each other pretty much the majority of the movie (laughs) And then just, just this moment of just like, like, just thank you, you know, just, and just Ben still saying like, it's just been a rough year and like he's breaking now. You can tell he's about to cry because mm-hmm. he's just been through a lot. And right, right. Like that's so relatable. And yet he's here with his dad. And if there's anybody when you're an adult that you can do that, you can be that vulnerable with and just be like, it's just so tough. Like I can't so, take, yeah. it's Vulner- your parenting. That's what I love about Vulnerability and dogs. I love dogs. <laughs> Could have made my list if we didn't have that dog rule. When the- <laughs> 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 all of our honorable mentions just dog movies. No, oh, no, no. Uh, my honorable mention is not, but it's just along the lines. We're talking about Wes Anderson, um, in Isle of Dogs, directed by Wes Anderson. Um, no, it's just the whole movie is about a stray dog being like, "I don't need people, fuck people," and then there's a moment of acceptance where he's like, "No, this person really loves me, and I'm going to have a home." And the, the the guy puts a little metal on, on the dog and the dog starts crying. Like, it's that the exact sort of thing, just in cartoon form. He does that. Like, he does it in every, like, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the Life Aquatic. <laughs> that exact same thing happened to me at the, at the end of a life, the, the Life Aquatic to where, you know, he's walking down, he puts the little kid on his shoulders and he's just so proud of what he accomplished. He doesn't give a fuck about what anybody else thinks. And everybody's just with them. Like, that moment almost made me want to, you know, kind of cry. And, like, Grand Budapest Hotel, the end of that shit, made me tear up. Like, a son of a bitch. That almost made the list. Uh-huh. So, it's like, he's so good at making these things that it catches what's you the, so far off guard. Grand Budapest Hotel, that it's like, uh, hum- there's so many few moments of humanity, and that was one of them. Yeah. And it's, yes. it's the court, like, the, the main, not the main character, but the, 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 the main theme. Yeah, the, he sacrifices himself for the main character. Yeah. And it's just like, and you don't even get to see his death. No, you don't. It's just it's just told off screen, but it still hits, the impact still gets you. It's like, fuck, man, Jesus. okay. Fuck you, Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> we don't piece of... see the French connection this month or whatever. It is. Oh, the French dispatch, yeah. Yeah. I'm bummed out about that. The French connection. So... <laughs> So going to my honorable mention, I only had one honorable mention. It's my video game pick. Um, I mean, last there's certain uh, parts like Last of Us One, The Brothers. Mm-hmm. That didn't make me cry. That shot that shot, that made me depressed. Things yeah, that make me sad in video sad. games. But no, or I actually did find myself tearing up. Someone actually had it in the Instagram, and it reminded me that I did cry during this moment. Uh, Telltale Walking Dead season one, the ending. Oh, with with Clementine yeah. and uh, who's the main character again? Um, is it Clay? No. Uh, what is it? Um, let's see. Walking Dead season one. Telltale. Anyway, you're playing as Jesus Christ. How come I can't read fast enough? Cle- Cle- is it is it Clem? 
Clem is the girl. Clem is the girl. Um, Lee. There you go, Lee. Thank you, Arkham. Oh man, Lee. Are you going Lee dying? No, not well, not yeah, Lee dying, but mostly <laughs> because uh, at a certain point I was like, all right, Clementine's my baby girl. Gotta take care of my baby girl. And then I'm like, oh, I gotta save my baby girl. Oh, I'm dying. My baby girl's not alone. It was like the first time I was like, I attached myself to a child like if it were my own. And so everything I did was to protect that goddamn baby girl. And then. Clementine is the best child act, uh, child character in video games ever. Well, probably. I need to play the other games. That's actually coming soon to Max Ain't Played It is all the, the, the rest of them. I only played season one. <laughs> no, I, so there was a Humble Bundle that had all of them, so I'm going to replay season one because I forgot what happened for most of it. And then uh, I never played the other ones, so uh, watch out for those soon. I might actually jump into it sooner than later. But, yeah, I was like, oh, my baby girl, no, I lost my arm. Now she's going to be alone in this cruel world. I, I, was, I felt awful. I felt awful leaving her behind, but uh, – that's my honorable mention. Marco, you have honorable mentions? I have one honorable mention. I mean, if I honestly, if I jump into TV or comics or anything, there's a shitload of honorable mentions, but I just stuck to movies, and this one's a movie. Um, so this is literally an honorable mention of it's just like you're, you're pulling somebody's pants down and just laughing for the most part. Like, uh, JJ's going to understand this reference. Maybe Tommy, definitely not you. Uh, when Carl Wigham Wigum likes Lisa, and it's like oh, 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 yeah. heartbreak right here. I, I actually just watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I know so, what you're talking about. <laughs> so you in the movie, because it's it doesn't come off too well in the scene, but in the movie, you sincerely believe that this guy likes this girl, and um, you're just watching him get embarrassed for him feeling, and you're just like, ouch. So it's uh, the movie is called Mud, and it's when Ellis fights uh, somebody. You'll watch. The, you'll watch the scene. I would start the scene at. Um, give me one second while you load it. Twenty-seven seconds. It's just a minute of him getting pants. Did you get my phone calls? What? I've been trying to call you. Who's this guy? Get you out of my car, kid. Ellie, I called you twice. Stop it, cow! Stop it! Cow! Stop it, cow! God! What the hell are you doing here, Ellis? What? You can't just run up and punch people and win. I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to know why you hadn't called me back. Why would I call you back, Ellis? Because you're my girlfriend. I'm not your girlfriend. We've been on one date. One. Yeah, but... But what? What'd you expect, Ellis? Oh. Oh, Ellis, no. <laughs> I love you. Oh, Ellis, no. Oh, no. You're 14. <laughs> but you're also 14. No, she's like 16. Yeah. <laughs> you can end it there, but for the most part, like, that's it. That's all you need to see. Uh, <laughs> uh, and in the movie, you sincerely believe that he does like her. They do have, like, the traditional romantic, like, falling for a girl script up to that point. And then he's like, oh, wait, like, 
you see this scene and you're cringing from the moment. Yeah, you know yeah. how it's gonna end <laughs> the entire time. It's like, oh my god, where's Matthew McConaughey? He would have talked you out of this. <laughs> By and the way, on top of that, like, so this whole movie has a lot of weird themes, but for the most part, uh, well, love is the central theme. His parents are divorcing, so he just literally has no compass about what love is right now. Right, man. By the way, just in the chat, we got when Ash sacrifices himself in the first Pokemon movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Iroh when he sings to his son. And then yeah. Ar- and then uh, Keychain, the Arnold Christmas special, and the entirety of Rugrats in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where, like, Tommy tries to murder his baby brother, right? Pretty no, bad. that's the first one. one. That's, that's the first one. one. I don't remember yeah. Paris. The dude. second one is where Chucky gets a mom, and he's like, yeah. why doesn't my oh, mom love right. me? Why is my mom dead? JJ. What is your honorable mentions, or what are your honorable mentions? Uh, well, actually, like the chat had a lot of like what I would pick. Uh, something earlier on that Arkham mentioned was Futurama has like three oh, dick yeah. punch episodes that are like <laughs> I, I didn't even think about Futurama, but yeah. But like even excluding the famous one, which is the one with the dog, there's another one with Fry's mom that yeah. hits all the same yeah. notes. That took me by surprise. I was like, oh, Futurama. I watched the show seldom. And then I'm like, oh, shit, he's talking to his mom in a dr- ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Sad. Sadness. Uh, any other ones, though, JJ? Uh, well, uh, piggybacking off uh, what you said with video games, how you, like, connected instantly with... With, uh, with Clementine? With Clem. My baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had a moment like that in Ico. Ico is oh, like yeah. an early, early PS2 game. I remember uh, that there's, game. There's no dialogue in it, but like the mechanic of it is, oh yeah, you have to guide this girl to like the end of the level, so you always have to grab her by the hand uh-huh. and like yeah. lead her places. Yeah, I played the demo so for that time... on a loop because that game was so fun. So I played the demo yeah, yeah. on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. always have to hold this girl's hands, and you have to like lead her somewhere. And every time, like, there, it's rare that there's combat. Like, there's not monsters all too often. And when they do show up, I'm like, oh, crap. No, mija, atrás. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's like, it like spooky ghouls, right? Like black ghost monsters. You gotta, yeah, yeah, you gotta you beat, have them, to with the beat stick. them with the stick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and sometimes... Shadow of the Colossus, also in the same vein. I, it's the same studio. Yeah. But, yeah. I need to play those games, the remasters. I really do. All right, Tommy, round us out. Any honorable mentions? That's it. I got one, and I left it off the list for a reason. A little too real, you know? And I saw this, and the thing about this, this movie came out literally at the time I was going through the exact same thing as the characters, and that's Marriage Story. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Ended my eight-year relationship, like, right when that movie came out. So, and made the mistake of watching it, Oh, ever, no. <laughs> I, I know Sam's like pivoting the podcast a little bit of what, what we're doing right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but if we ever do like a look back kind of thing, it'd be amazing to do uh, serendipitous moments like this. So it's like, I'm going through a breakup. Watch his movie about breakup. Be- didn't even mean to do it at that oh, point. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the marketing <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> I know 500 Days of Summer, man. That's a shitty movie to watch. That when, was shitty when too, you're yeah. When you're 
young and stupid and don't realize that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's the bad guy <laughs> in that movie. When you don't be- when you don't understand that he's the bad guy and you're young when you watch that movie, you're like, fuck. Well, that's another everything. podcast to do at, at another point where it's like, this movie meant A to me when I was at a certain age, like Fight Club, and then it means right. B to me now where it's like, oh, they're idiots. <laughs> I can think of a few. Yeah. I can think of a few, but yeah, marriage story. You weren't even married, Tommy. It's not the same. Uh, eight years is pretty eight fucking years. close. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking Some with you. Marriages, including, yeah. I'm fucking I with you. I think by that point, they were common law married. <laughs> yeah, we were. So, yeah. You were common law married three times, I believe, by man. <laughs> uh, lucky shot. Yeah, Atrius horse dying and never ending story. Yeah, oh, there's, right, a, yeah. there's a bunch of them. Well, you know what? Be sure to leave them down in the comments of whatever you're listening to. If it's on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, maybe. I don't know if I'll put this on YouTube. We'll figure it out. Any of those places, you can definitely find us there. But that's it for this episode. Next week, we'll go over the ones that people had on Instagram. And then we'll uh, – I don't know. Are we, are we going to do game shows next week? I like that We can topic. do game shows. I have a weird list for game shows is what I learned. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have some crossover, but there's plenty to choose from. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and do that next week. But in the meantime, if you want to find us or find me as specifically, you can find me as Sammy Gonzalez at the Excellence everywhere. Just search the Excellence. Oh, you can't even see it. The the thing's all cut off. But you can see the Excellence Twitter, Excellence everything. Just find me. Just search the Excellence. Uh, Marco, where can they find you? They can find me by typing JL Marco 62 into anything and I'll pop up, including words with friends. Uh, look at me, look for me, especially if you're interested in our Mexcellent Adventures podcast on Monday. If you can send me proof of a screenshot that you post to Instagram or anything like that, uh, you now have the ability of getting involved with our story, either having a re-roll or uh, being a character just depends on what you do. If you literally do that and hit me up on any of the things that I said before, Facebook, Instagram, just go ahead and share the story, spread the word, and you can get involved. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, apparently, uh, everybody's enjoyed it that's watched it so far. And that is actually on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, you can watch our character builds on YouTube. Just search The Excellence, And then you can watch the first episode. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long. Uh, it's, it's a good time. I get punched in the face at one point but in the meantime jj's also there on that podcast jj where can they find you they can find me just by typing jj morales pretty much anywhere but uh specifically on instagram i am at super j and twitter's accessible but if you want to find me i'm also there at super underscore j and tommy where can they find oh, you tommy mcgrew art instagram is that it that's all all right when's uh, attack <laughs> the census three coming Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's it for Honorable the show. Mention, I don't know when Texas <laughs> is <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time for us to get out of here. Sammy. Hey, hey. If I'm going to get sass for being a Californian, you're getting sass for not finishing your job. Fair enough, fair enough. But once again, I mean, B- remember he was like, I'm going to draw all of you guys, and then just drew JJ. Like, JJ is the <laughs> example of everything. 
Right. I need to make that my Instagram like, <laughs> profile really picture. Do. The crazy thing is, JJ turned into the character. <laughs> slowly over I'm time, slowly over Rona. <laughs> you going to draw bodybuilder excellence in your life. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got, you got some premonition shit, Tommy. You can draw me looking nice and slim. Hey, slim I'm going to do it. Draw him covered in tats. <laughs> Elephant the tattoos. Anyway, he's just like Rick Ross with tattoos. <laughs> I just start buying silk shirts. It's awful. I'm excellence the boss. Yeah. <laughs> if Sammy was from Miami, that's how. <laughs> Hotline my Sammy. Anyway, uh, be sure to watch us on Monday. Monday, the uh, Excellent Adventures episode two. We're going to a concert. Once again, we went to pregame and I got punched in the face. So be sure to stick around. JJ's pocket snacks will be plenty. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And we had a lot of people watching the first time to come back around. That'll be 8 o'clock. No, 7 o'clock? 7.30 or 8.30? What time did we do it last time? I think we started at 8. We started at 8 because Sean was late. But, uh, yeah, let me get in contact with Sean. I'm going to say 8 for now. Uh, But we'll definitely keep you posted with an official time tomorrow. Sounds good. Until then, everybody, let's get the hell out of here. And let's say bye, everybody. Everybody, bye. We're fading out to the next list. Bye. bye.